In a world where your mother has no boundaries and you're searching for a shred of hope, what if I told you, you could become your own unlikely hero? Anyways, we got a new boundary workshop. Check the show notes. Bye. This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming. Hello. (laughs) Hello. We're ready. We're going to hit the ground running. You ready? Hello. Hello. All right. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yes. All right. That's what we're doing. This is what we're doing today, guys. We are going to talk about the difference between the interplay between intention and impact. The intention behind a particular behavior and the impact that that particular behavior has. So it's an interpersonal, relational type episode. And this was a listener request. I will keep their anonymity, but this was a listener request topic. Shout out to the listener. You know who you are. (laughs) And... Always feel free to give us more of that because we like to give you the content that you guys want to hear. So send us emails and DMs on our at unlearn at the unlearned podcast on Instagram. Okay, so impact versus intention. So let's just jump into an example because it's the easiest way to start understanding and explaining this. So a interpersonal exchange goes on between you and your partner, right? Okay. So you are home and uh, they left the house in the morning and you decided to, you know, go ahead and deep clean the house. So you get your headphones on, you set your phone off to the side, and you spend a few hours getting into the nitty gritty and you're just lost and you're zoned out and you're cleaning. Then you come back to your phone a couple of hours later and you notice that there's like blown up texts from (laughs) your partner and they were trying to get a hold of you and they were, you know, they had something that they needed to ask you, et cetera, et cetera. So then you're, you call them back and they're kind of like exploding at you. Where were you? I needed you. I cannot believe you blew me off. I cannot believe you didn't answer my messages. And you're sitting there like, I, I'm sorry that I wasn't there. That's not at all what I intended. I was literally cleaning the house. I was zoned out. I just didn't see your messages. Like I'm sorry, right? Like I, I did not intend to like ignore you or be unavailable to you. I had no idea that you were going to be needing something from me during this time. Now, what's happening there is that the person that was out of the house experienced a real lived experience of being impacted by their partner's lack of availability. And that caused feelings for them. And then the person who was in the house had no intentionality whatsoever of causing any dissonance or harm to their partner during that two-hour gap of communication. Their intention was – had, you know, 
they didn't have any intention towards their partner. They're just like, oh, they're out. They're doing their thing. I'm going to do my thing. Done and done. So now we have like this, this overlap, right? Where both people's point of view is really validly being experienced and they have to work out between the two of them how to deal with that like difference in experience, right? What often happens in situations like this is it completely turns into a total power struggle where one person is going to win and the other person is going to lose. So a lot of people like to to do this. One of these gets to become a trump card. I don't care if you didn't intend to, it still impacted me in that way and therefore I win. This person, I don't care that it impacted you that way. I literally didn't mean for it to happen that way, so I win, right? That's what happens is it turns into this power struggle and these types of conflicts are super, super common interpersonally. When you when you think about a lot of the types of conflicts that you have, a lot of them might be characterized when you like whittle it down to like, what are we really fighting about here? Usually, not usually. But this is a common one. This is a common thing that you can whittle down many arguments to is one person in, didn't intend for a hurt to happen, but the hurt did actually happen. And one person wants to win. One person just wants it to all be written off because, oh, I had good intentions. So therefore, why are you mad at me? And the other person wants to write <laughs> all of it off because it doesn't matter that you had good intentions. I was hurt. So therefore, I win. So as you might have already guessed, guess what the answer is? The solution is both and. Both perspectives really do need to be taken into account here. And so therefore, both people involved in this conflict need to be willing to acknowledge the validity of the other person's lived experience. And walking through this example, this is just the, this is the one-off occasion, right? And if this is something that's new and not a regular occurrence, whatever the behavior is that we're focusing on, this is the the first initial approach is always we really just need to see both perspectives here and acknowledge that both people's <laughs> side of this is valid. And so, yes, I am sorry that you experienced an impact and the other person to say, Okay, and I, I'm 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 gonna let it go, and I'm not gonna hold this against you because I I do realize that you obviously didn't mean for it to impact me in that way. Now, what we need to move into, I just that that's like the basics, groundwork done. Hopefully, that all makes sense. What we need to move into is when we start to see patterns of behavior that have to do with this interplay, and. Patterns are going to then bring up, they're going to highlight the fact that there is an expectation that is either being met or not being met from one side of this interpersonal exchange. So say that goes ahead and happens and the conflict is resolved. Both people were able to see the nuance and it was fine. This person let it go. That person said, you know, I'm sorry that happened, but I didn't mean to, blah, blah. It's all good. Then something similar happens again. And the partner who wasn't able to get a hold of their person loses their temper again and says, you literally did this to me again. 
I needed your opinion on something. You weren't there. I cannot believe that this happened again. Like it was, I was fine to let it go the first time, but now it's happening again. And I am twice as mad this time because you should have known better. Now this person, once again, the person who was unavailable for two, three hour gap of time, once again, genuinely was just like they were at work or they were like just doing something like they literally had zero intention whatsoever of causing a harmful impact in their partner's life. And that's really genuine. Like they're not, they're, they're not lying. They're not hiding anything. They like, they genuinely were just like, I, I, I really just, I was doing yard work. I was using the leaf blower. It's really loud. Like I did not hear your messages, etc. Okay. Now it's happened a second time. Is two times a pattern? Uh, it's it could be it could be enough, like depending on the the situation. But say they resolve it again, say something similar happens the third time. Now we definitely have a pattern. If if we're going on three four times in a row of this behavior happening, this reaction happening, okay, what's gonna have to happen then is there needs to actually be an honest conversation about the expectations that these people have regarding availability, communication availability between the two of them. In order for them to avoid falling into this conflict literally over and over and over again and getting into this power struggle over and over and over again, that's what's going to have to happen is them go, okay, wait a minute. Like this is now a pattern and what's being made clear is that person A who leaves the house has an expectation that when they are out of the house, person B needs to be available to them. And so sometimes that's all it takes is that clarification. And then person B goes, okay, I'm on board with that. That's fine. Like when you leave the house, I'll just make sure that I actually keep my phone in my pocket and I can feel it buzz. Like if you message me, sometimes person B might not be okay with that expectation and might say like, I feel like that's, I don't know, not something that like makes a lot of sense for me because when you're out of the house, that's when I really try to like get a lot of stuff done. And that's when I get into like focus mode and concentration mode. I'm, I'm trying to work on, you know, this, I'm trying to do the house, I'm trying to whatever. And so it doesn't make sense that I would need to be available to you when I'm trying to get stuff done. So then they can work out hopefully some sort of conversation. Right, right. So I'm going <laughs> to volley over to you and see what well, you want to say. What's interesting is like, this is, I mean, of course we can go with the expectation that this isn't like a harmful dynamic, right? Because when you're like, it's two times enough, like I could even make the point of one interaction that is incredibly problematic is enough. And then two is actually a problem, right? Obviously the first one could be a problem, but I mean, I'm thinking about someone like slamming you up against a wall. And then being like, oh, oh I didn't intend sure. to hurt you. Right. Like that, right. like I'm just giving you an example of like how some people might be hearing that and be like, oh, but they said they didn't intend to hurt me, but they slammed me against a wall. Right. So this is why I want you to hear this is so nuanced. If you ever encountered something like that, or you were called the C word in the middle of an argument and they said, my intention wasn't to insult you. And they literally said the C word, like, we're not going to gaslight ourselves here, guys. Like there are certain things that 
you're not going to, they're not going to pull the naivety card and say, Oh, I didn't realize that C word was charged. Or I didn't realize that I had a lot of strength behind that push. Like, no, we're not going to be naive here. We got to keep in mind, like some of these are blatantly lies. Like that is a lie when someone says, I didn't intend to hurt you when they purposefully hurt you. Okay. So when we talk about the emotional layer, this is why it gets so typical, like typically this is why it gets so hard, is emotionally, it's hard to untangle. Obviously, everyone can sit in the room and be like, oh yeah, the C word could hurt them, sure. But when you think about someone panicking for three hours thinking their spouse is dead because they didn't answer their phone and someone like emotionally being in a lot of distress, you might be absolutely validly saying, I didn't intend to cause that much emotional pain for you. I'm sorry I didn't answer the phone. And I'm sorry you had a lot of emotional distress because like that's that's upsetting, right? So that can be like something you can use your discretion by and you can kind of understand, oh, there was emotional pain interchange and there isn't like a collective cultural understanding that that can be a direct assault or intentional, if that makes sense. And then when you were talking say it's like, when you were using this example of like trying to identify the pattern, trying to identify the expectation, what's interesting is some couples don't realize that even almost like innocent expectations can become incredibly imprisoning for that partner. So we've talked about this in many episodes, but for example, like let's say me and you are in this partnership and I look at you and I say, you know, ideally I need you to check in like when you're going to be like your example, like when you're going to be, you know, gone for a certain period of time. Well, there are some people that might be like, yeah, that's not that big of a deal. Right. But other people might be like, all right, I'll try because they're trying to make the relationship like compromising and a both and except now they're paranoid. Like they're thinking, oh my God, wait, um, am I going to be gone for like a long time? Uh, is this going to be like, are they going to be mad at me? And to me, that's like a lot of when it becomes like feeling like, like a prison in regards to the expectation that needs to be a dialogue with your partner. So like if they casually said, Hey, when you go out for more than a couple hours, can you like check in? They really might be saying that pretty casually. Like if you're going to be gone and you're going to be at like a spin class and I'm not going to be able to reach you for a few hours. Like, can you just let me know? Like, just so in case I need to reach out to you, they might say that pretty casually. And you might be like, yeah, no big deal. And that's how the conversation goes down. And then all of a sudden now your brain is like, well, how, like, are they going to be mad if I don't, if it's like an hour, like, are they going to be like, what happens? Like, what if I like do something wrong here? Or like, what if I screw up the expectation? Right. And so this gets very, very complex because The person that's trying to meet the expectation and and trying to intend to not cause an opportunity for the pattern to continue, they're actually trying to proactively avoid that problem happening of like miscommunication, right? It can actually turn into a lot of, honestly, kind of just like, and I don't want to use, I guess oppressive is a little bit too of a strong of a word, but almost like, like a what am I trying to say? Leverage, like something like that feels like, like holding over you or like some kind of cloud over the situation where you're feeling yeah. like stressed when you're doing everyday life things. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mm-hmm. see this sometimes with the people I work, like you'll see these patterns where they'll be like paranoid 
where they're like, oh my God, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I have to check in. Right. And you're like, wait, Mm -hmm. to me, this is where it's an opportunity to talk about interpersonally when we're talking about intention versus impact, there has to be a level of like mutual understanding that if it's not a toxic relationship, guys, actually looking at your partner and giving them almost like, I I guess we could say the benefit of the doubt, but almost like giving them like good, like willing almost like the best case scenario in times like these. Does that make sense? Where some people will be like, worst case scenario, they're ignoring me. Worst case scenario, they hate me and they're like cheating on me. Worst case scenario, they're not picking up their phone for that third hour because, you know, they're on a date, right? And it's like, when these dynamics happen, like that's how you know that something is either there's an issue with trust or there's an issue with their abandonment issues or their fear or their concern over your time, right? And so this is how we could say a healthy relationship, right? If CA, and this is how I know this. So if CA and me are like communicating and I need to get get a hold of her for like the podcast and you know, she knows that I like to communicate a lot, right? And I'm calling her and then I wait three hours and then I call her again. And then I wait three hours and I call her again. And then she finally answers and I go, really CA? Were you just ignoring my phone calls? Like, hello, this is the third time I called. Like, honestly, I'm really upset that you didn't answer, right? Okay, first of all, what am I saying? I'm saying I immediately jumped to the worst intention she could have carried in regards to this interchange, okay? Right. Versus if I open it up and I say, hey, see, I am so glad you answered. I am... pretty sure you probably saw I called a couple of times. There was a couple of things I needed to get done. Like, are you, you know, is everything okay? I don't, I, I just want to check in. Right. And you could be like, oh my God, I'm so, you know, it's been a really busy day. I meant to answer. I was in the grocery store line and then the kid was like puking and blah, blah, blah. But then I meant to call you back and then I didn't. Okay. So if I literally trust you and I see authenticity woven in and out of our dynamic. Okay. And I hear you tell me the first time I called, you're in the grocery line. The second time you called, your kid was like spitting up on you or something. Like, and then you meant to call me back. And I know my friend has ADHD. Guess what? It's kind of my responsibility to rest on that level of trust and authenticity. And this is why at the root of this, which is why we wanted to get to this, at the root of this, guys, literally everyone who's listening to this, the root of this interchange with inter- with intention versus impact and expectations in relationships, it comes down to, can both of the parties be very authentic when it comes to how they're interchanging and how they are showing up with expectations about the relationship? Right. So when they're interchanging and I immediately tell on myself and say, I assume the worst every time you don't show up for me. So, for example, you didn't call me back. You didn't show up to my party. I assume you hate me. They literally are telling you guys that that is either a personal experience that they they either there's uh, this is why it's so nuanced, guys. 
there could be a couple of things going on, but sometimes it's their internal, like their fear about them not being lovable or them not being important enough. Okay. So for example, if she didn't answer the phone or she didn't come to my party and I don't have an immediate answer and I jump to the conclusion that she hates me or she doesn't value my time, there could be two parts of this story. One part could be, I'm worried I'm unlovable and nobody cares about me and nobody wants to answer the phone because nobody values my voice and nobody values my time. And so when that stuff happens, I have to immediately assume that that's true. Or the other side, okay, if I'm looking on the other side, let's say it's the external and I don't believe that about myself. I actually think I'm really fun to hang out with and I really care about myself, but I do have that thought. I go, ooh, I'm a little worried she doesn't want to be around me. Guess what? Both sides of those things, one side is inside of yourself. The other one might be actually them following a pattern of literally not wanting to hang out with you. (laughs) And the reason why you drew the conclusion of she didn't come to my party, she didn't answer my text message, she didn't answer my phone calls for the past month actually might be not because you think you're a piece of shit, but actually because they don't like you, right? And so both (laughs) sides of those is radical honesty, right? Like, Them not answering your phone, like any kind of communication for a month. And I know CA, I know, like, I get it. I get it. Cause you're like neurodivergency, help, help, help. And I'm like, okay, I get it guys. Here's the tricky part. It's tricky. It's tricky. No, because here's what I could say about the neurodivergent aspect of it is, yeah, that could be like a potential third option is no, you don't feel, <laughs> you don't hate yourself. And no, that person doesn't hate you. They literally just are overwhelmed with their own freaking life and can't find the tip of their nose some days. So, but the way to like get the clarity on that is to open up an actually like direct conversation with that person. Right. And that's why it requires both parties to be willing to do that radical authenticity sure. and actually provide the the true information the that they have to bring to the table about it and, and give the clarity to the situation. Um, and sometimes that is difficult because the truth that you have to share, you're worried that it's going to hurt that oh, person. Yeah. And that's why you've been avoiding coming to them with the honesty behind it. Sometimes it's difficult because you don't actually know mm. why you're doing what you're doing or saying what you're saying. Like you haven't taken right. the time to introspect and connect with yourself about this issue to to even figure out where you stand sure. on it. So even if somebody were to come to you and say like, hey, what's really going on here? What's influencing this? You might draw a blank because you might be like, you're right. I, I am doing that. I know I've done that several times now. I don't know why. And I might need some time to actually think about it. Right. But if I hold, yeah, if I hold intention versus impact though, I feel like it's valid for me as a friend. Cause I could do, so let's take the example of like, not just the one or two option, but that third option that CA is talking about where it's possibly more, like even more complicated where if I, if I'm like, all right, I actually kind of think she doesn't like me, but I'm going to clarify this. So I reach out to you and I say, Hey, it's been like, over a month since we reconnected, like, I just want to have an open conversation. Like, is there something that I, that is upsetting you or something that's off? Right. And your response is like, there, I mean, it could have, it could immediately be like, 
I kind of, every time I open the text message, forget that exists. And honestly, I need to do a better job. So let's just schedule a time to hang out. Okay. That might be, that might be as easy as that. Right. But what CA is talking about is like, if it gets to the point where they're not sure, right. It's also valid. And this is why I want to like hold space for the other side. It's also valid for that person to be like, I, I can hear you CA, like, you know, I love you. And I get why, like, you might need more time to figure out, like, what might be going on with us. It's just hard to, like, be on this side of things. Like, it's kind of hard to be in this limbo. Because you can validate that, guys. Like, I want everyone to hear that. Like, you're totally allowed to be like, this kind of hurts. Like, I don't know what this is, but it kind of hurts. Right? And so that is one of those intention versus impact thing. Because CA literally isn't intending, like, ill will towards me. But she isn't absolutely in a place of clarity. So she might be like, I don't know how I'm feeling about the friendship. There's a couple of things that I'm going through that I'm not really sure how to navigate with us. And I don't know how to talk about it right now. So I'm trying to figure it out and I need to figure that out. So I just, I'm tapping in with you. It's okay for the friend to be like on the other side of that saying, okay, and this is hard, right? So this is kind of what it looks like when I tell you this is like such a nitty gritty intrinsically like nuanced conversation is because we have so many different variables going on. We have like multiple different things that are going on at the same time and then add the complexity of someone that's actually trying to manipulate the situation, right? It, for the, for most of this, even though I tapped into it for a second, For most of this conversation, we haven't really added that someone was purposefully trying to misguide you, right? So for example, if CA kept telling me there was a month gap and instead of being honest and saying, oh, this is my ADHD, let's schedule something because I need to be accountable to that. Or, oh, this is me not really sure about this relationship. Give me another, give me some time and we'll revisit this. Um, If it's actually being the non-authentic side, she might come at me being like, everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? This is fine. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't realize. Oh, like, oh, I didn't even realize it was a month. Oh yeah. Like totally. What do you want to talk about? Right. And at that point, this is where some of that doubt creeps in because you sit there and you go, okay, so like, did you really like I called you probably once a week. Did you really forget? Or was there a reason behind that? And you're trying to just skirt that like responsibility of trying to understand how you feel about this dynamic under the rug. And I know we're using this as a friendship, but guys, pretend this is like a partnership. Like if you were dating or married or in a long-term relationship with this person that I'm talking about, could you imagine how frustrating that is? Like, some dissonance is going on. And then all of a sudden you're having these like radical moments of honesty and being like, Hey, I'm noticing that there's this like energy that's off and you're met with everything's fine. Everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And that's the intention versus impact. Like they might be actually trying to intend to like make things all fine and quote unquote, like smooth things over. But actually what the impact of that is, is like, semi adding more layers of doubt to the relationship. Like you're now doubting more and more. Is this person authentically tapped into how they're showing up to this relationship? Because every time I show up and say, Hey, do you want to talk about this? Like I'm noticing some, 
some kind of like maybe a little bit more passive aggression lately, or I'm noticing a little bit more like irritability and they go, I don't know what you're talking about. Or like genuinely will say that, like, I do not know what you're talking about. At some point you're going to start doubting that like they have the ability to do the work of authenticity. That is tough. Yeah. And I think sometimes what's happening in that situation is that the person who's, you know, being confronted for lack of a better word, um, or like asked to be <laughs> provide some information about the dynamic. Obviously, there's a couple different things like maybe, right, like I was saying a minute ago, like they're not being honest with themselves about how they feel about the dynamic. And so they're just going to smooth it over by themselves some time, but do so in a way that's like a little bit more passive rather than just coming out and saying that, hey, I don't actually know how I feel about this, but something is going on. But I'll get back to you when I like search my feelings about it rather than being like direct about it. They just are like internally panicking, like, oh, no, they they found out that I have weird feelings about it and I don't know what my feelings are yet. And so let me just pretend that they're not there. You know, sometimes that's it. But sometimes it's that, no, they they do know what's going on. They just don't want to say it because they don't want to hurt your feelings. And then another option, this is a tr- the toughest one, I would say, is that they do know the intention is to, you know, ignore this issue and the impact is that it's hurting you. And the reason that they don't want to talk about it is because they literally do not want to take responsibility for the like consequences of their actions, right? Like they, you're now confronting them with the fact that like their lack of communication or authenticity with you is actively causing them emotional pain at this point. And you don't want to face that. You don't want to face that music. And so you skirt around it and basically just try to like, gaslight them into thinking that everything's fine and maybe even gaslight yourself a little bit into thinking everything's fine right like no i just do not want to face this um a dynamic where this often happens is adult parents with adult children you know you as an adult child come to your parent and express like deep emotional pain about a dynamic that has gone on between the two of you you know since childhood or whatever and very often you're met with i i didn't intend for that Okay, like I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I was never there for you. I'm sorry I made you cry in your room. Like what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do about it? I did my best. I did my best. I tried my best. I didn't mean to hurt your set your 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 feelings. And what? What do you want me to do? And so that's, you know, a way of being like, okay, so I'm literally telling you, even if you're dead serious and you're saying, when you sent me to my room to express my big feelings all by myself and I felt emotionally abandoned and really scared and really lonely and really sad. And now I deal with all of these emotions. and I don't know how to regulate. You're telling me with full authenticity that you in no way intended to impact me as a child. And it is now carrying into my adulthood that this has a negative impact on my life. You didn't intend for that outcome, but I am telling you that's the impact of that behavior. I know you didn't mean to dad, but that's what happened. Like I literally felt those feelings as a child. I am now struggling in these ways as an adult directly because of that dynamic that you perpetuated as a parent. Then that parent goes, I don't want to deal with it. Like, I don't want to deal with the consequences of, of hurting you, you know? And so then they just try to minimize it and brush it under the rug and that's harmful, you know? And then that creates a whole other conversation that you have to have with yourself about, am I going to kid? 
continue to interact with (laughs) this person who is aware that their behavior is harming me. And yet they refuse to take any accountability and actions towards creating a healthier dynamic. Right. And I think we didn't talk about this enough when we were giving the prior example, but like that level of like self-accountability is important because it really is the shift between whether or not this actually becomes very, very harmful. And many people think it's very innocent. They're like, no, I literally didn't intend to. How could I be like acting in a toxic or harmful way? Or how could I be acting in a way that would like cause psychological issues or whatever? And I'm like, (laughs) it's so easily done that I think a lot of us have probably done this exact thing and not realized it. Like the idea of someone comes to you with like a real level of like impact on their, like you did something that really did impact their life. Right. And you sit there saying like with complete lack of like acknowledgement of that, it's basically, it's such a foundation shaker because it's almost like, and like see, I was just talking about, when people tell me there's constant themes of like trust and issues of like really feeling safe with their parent or their partner or their friends, it's not something that just like, it's not just like many times people are like, Oh, it was one event. And I'm like, "Mm." many times this stuff. Yes, it can be one event. But if you really think about like the nature of how we develop relationships, it's almost like the undercurrent, is laying a lot more foundation than we think just one event of someone having and having like a misstep or something or someone accidentally or saying something that they shouldn't have at at a time they should whatever it's more like hey the second you're interchanging with them and you're realizing that anytime you come to them they're basically saying that's not my problem like I don't care that's going to shake your belief that like that relationship is safe it's going to shape like your perception around like is this a relationship I can actually like invest in or like truly share parts of who I am with because if that if this is happening and I'm honestly coming to them and saying hey um what just happened really upset me. And their only answer is I didn't like mean to. That's it. That's the end of the conversation. It's not, I didn't mean to. And then it gets more like intricate. It's well, I didn't mean to. And I hear this all the time. CA. like when I tell you, this is such a common theme, I will hear constantly is it manipulation if they didn't mean to? And I go, you gotta look at like how complicated that question is, right? Because if someone says, nine times out of 10 when people like have a relationship like this, like let's just pretend it's like a mom, they will be like, they don't need, mom doesn't even realize how manipulative she is. She just kind of sits there and says like whatever the hell she wants. And then everyone gets their hurt or feelings hurt. And then we all start tiptoeing around her and we all kind of like never really say the truth because mom can't handle it. And then the second we call her out, mom says, I didn't mean to do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, 
whether or not she's intending to manipulate the whole family now at Thanksgiving, everyone's tiptoeing around her. So could I call that manipulation? Right? Like my brain goes, it is a byproduct. Like there is like overt manipulation, right? I am doing that out of an overt sense of mastery of the situation. Like I literally, like it's the premeditated thing. Like I literally thought about the steps I needed to take in order for that to work out, right? And then we have manipulation as a byproduct of lack of accountability, lack of attunement, and lack of authenticity. So when that happens and the mom is not being authentic with how she's showing up, the mom is not actually being attuned to how her words actually have implications, right? And then she's not being accountable for that. Of course, people are going to start tiptoeing around her, whether or not she literally intended for everyone to start tiptoeing around her. She's going to create an environment that everyone will not be able to openly speak their emotions without an implication on the other side. Yeah. And I mean, so kind of trying to like pull this back to, uh, I want to make sure we like thoroughly explore the topic here for our listeners to be able to know like, okay, moving forward, like I always like to at the end, like, all right, moving forward, how do we navigate this stuff in a healthy way? Right. And as always, it's going to always start with the self and it's going to start with getting really radically in tune with and authentic with your own intentionality behind the way that you are interacting not only with yourself, but interpersonally. So that way it's easy for you, not not easy, but it's, it's possible for you to be able to show up to those interpersonal, honest conversations with real information, right? So like if you're, if you're making sure that you are in tune with your intentions and your understanding of the relationships in your life, when these interactions happen where behavior impacted one person or the other in a harmful way, you're able to show up in a way that's really well informed about, okay, like I, I know what's going on here. And that's not easy, which is why I took that word out. I was like, wait, that's not the right word. Cause it's not easy. It's, it's hard to be vulnerable and authentic and actually honest with yourself and with the people in your life about these types of dynamics. But it does start with, with that self and, really knowing that at least when you show up to these conversations, that that is how you're going to be showing up. And then the other dynamic comes down to, as you said before, that kind of trust factor with the other person. And unfortunately, there's just no easy silver bullet, quick, fast way to develop that. Um, Especially if this is like a new relationship, it's going to definitely take time for you to understand them and understand the dynamic. Initially, you're going to probably start off with the best intentions of that person, right? Because you're you're trying to see the best in them. And well, hopefully, unless you have a history of being hurt, then you might immediately see the worst in their intentions. And so that could be hard to just navigate inside yourself of like, how am I even like initially reacting to this person's intentionality of their behavior? Do I immediately assume the worst or the best? And that just takes time to build up and understand if this is a person that you can trust 
And this happens over the course of all, like you said, that like undercurrent, like all these little small interactions, you will observe how this person shows up not only with you, but what's really informative is watching them interact with other people is incredibly informative. If you see them like openly like lying and being manipulative, like to their friends or family members, like don't think for one second that that is not informing your subconscious mind is taking that data in and going, Oh, maybe this person, you know, doesn't really like, doesn't always be honest. Like if they think that they're going to get in trouble or if something's too hard and they don't want to talk about it with somebody like, then when that happens with you, your mind is going to go there and it's going to say, well, I've seen them do that before to other people. So why wouldn't they do that to me? Versus if you see them acting with integrity and honesty in most of their daily interactions with other people, that's information that you're going to log and you're going to hopefully be able to lean on in those situations where they go, oh no, like I'm, I just wasn't available because of X, Y, Z. Trust is built over time. And it's built through these dynamics and conversations where you then get honest about those expectations and you make these sort of experiences together where you're like mutually working on finding a solution together. And I think that's with these exact type of conflicts, the intention versus impact conflict, the best way to manage it is because it might not, you might not get that correct solution right away. When we go all the way back to the first example we were talking about with the like person being out of the house and wanting to be in contact with this person You might try, okay, so as a potential solution, so we don't get in this conflict again, let's try, I'll keep my phone on me. And so that way you can get a hold of me whenever you're out of the house. You might try that for a little while. And then all of a sudden, you know, person who's in the house realizes that that's actually not working for them. Like it's super distracting for them. They are no longer getting the work done that they wanted to be getting done during that time, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to go ahead and hopefully approach their partner and be able to reevaluate. What's important with resolving this type of conflict is that both people are looking at the conflict as the mutual shared enemy, I guess, if you will. And they are both like players in a game where they are both trying to work together to overcome the conflict, right? Versus facing each other as the enemy and you're causing this problem and you're causing this problem. We're in conflict with each other. Much more, no, we are in conflict with this dissonance with this mismatched expectation. So let's let's adjust together to work on a solution that we both feel good about. Right. That's a really good visual for them. Like for for anybody, right? Like I know we're doing the partner, but like ideally like if this came up with like a friendship or something, like it's it's not it's not meant to be an opportunity to basically like, you know, rip each other down. It's kind of an opportunity to explore the aspects of the relationship that need to be kind of navigated through like you just there's certain things that every relationship is going to have to navigate through right and this is what's tricky is like in order to navigate through a twofold issue like where one person's on one side and the other one's on the other it can't be one party sees that person as the enemy and the other one sees them as aligned it's both parties have to see each other as targeting the problem 
as a third problem, not end problem in between each other, right? And so if even one side of that coin is looking at it as they're the enemy, that, because I see it, like, you'll, you know, like, think about, like, when you talk to people, like, you'll be like, I, I want to, you know, we'll talk, like, you know, we'll, we'll be interchanging. People will be like, I want this. Like, I don't see them as the enemy. I want that. They'll be talking about their parents. I want a deeper relationship with my parents. I don't want to look at my mom as like, she was like massively trying to manipulate us and have us tiptoe around her for my entire childhood. I don't think she wanted that, which is why I realized I was gaslighting myself saying that none of that mattered. It did matter to me, but I realized, I don't know if she intended to create that environment. So like, think about how one-sided that's going to feel. It's going to be like, you are going to be like, I don't see her as the enemy. I do want to have an interchange where I can understand what's going on in an authentic way. But notice why this becomes so hard is if the other person sees you as just sensitive, overreacting, overthinking, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to hold accountability for any side of this. That's where that disconnect happens. So when CA was like highlighting this, this is exactly why that is so important to actually kind of even have that conversation, folks, like literally say, do you see this as like a problem that I am bringing to the table? Or is this a collective problem that we're equally facing together? Right? Because the answer to that question will be very helpful to figure out if your vision for trying to solve this issue is mismatched. Yeah, because that's true. It's like you will you will never get past the starting block of resolving an <laughs> issue if if that's mismatched. Truly, uh, if if this if only one person sees this as like a collective thing that we can work together towards resolving. And the other person goes, no, I literally, I am yeah. fine. I didn't do anything wrong. I have nothing I've to nothing contribute to, say, to this yeah. conversation. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I don't care that it's difficult for you. Like, I mean, they might not be as bold with their language as that, but like it's, it, it can come off like that. And it, the impact over time, if you continue to come with this issue and say, hey, this is still causing some dissonance, this is still causing tension, like it's not resolved. And one person just continues to go, well, it's not my intention. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it. I didn't mean, I didn't mean for it to you. You reserve the right <laughs> at that point to say, despite your good intentions or lack of bad <laughs> intentions, the impact of this behavior is harmful enough to me that I need to now take steps to protect myself and put up certain types of boundaries, which we're at the end of the episode. So we do not have time to get into what that might look like at that point. But I do want to hold space for that because like, ideally, in, in a nice, good, healthy relationship, both people are willing to work through these issues. And there is usually some validity to all sides of an issue. But if it starts to become clear that a person is continuing to use good intentions or lack of bad intentions as a way of getting out of doing interpersonal work with you to come to a healthy resolution with you. And the impact of that behavior is causing actual turmoil in your life. You reserve the right to protect yourself from there that you regardless of their intentions. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. All right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's all that's she wrote, where we're folks. leaving you today. Um, thank you for listening. We will see you next time. See you when we see you. Thank you.
Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow, and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at the unlearned podcast or individual Instagrams at recollected self and CAs is at embracing divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our coffee fiend club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited we are literally just shooting the breeze having fun you can see our full personalities and it is a blast honestly it's pretty fun so if you want to join us you can find that at patreon.com unlearned and that's it the last thing i want to tell you is i want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become and this is how we do the work